Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Karatsky of CBS 58 alongside Sam Schmitz. We're going to... Bring in Andy Herman now of the Pack-A-Day podcast, writer and editor for Packer Report as well. You can find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. He is joining us via the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Andy, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. I know it's been a busy couple of weeks. Lots of Packers practice for you. Had one again today. How'd, how'd everything look out there out by Lambeau Field? Yeah, it's really been sort of the same thing now for, I would say, uh, probably everything since day one of practice and that the defense was incredibly dominant once again. Uh, they held the the offense scoreless in the two two-minute drills. Uh, in the move-the-ball periods, the defense was able to get the offense off the field. It hasn't really mattered if it's been the ones, the twos, the threes. The defense has clearly been the dominant group so far throughout training camp. I thought the defensive line was super impressive today, led by Jerron Reed. Uh, Reed's been somebody who's sort of started to stand out basically from day one of training camp, and uh, he's continued to get better and better. I thought today he had about five or six plays that I had down in my notes where he was getting into the backfield, uh, resetting the line of scrimmage, getting pressures, had a coverage sack. Uh, he was all over the place. Um, I thought uh, Ladarius Hamilton had a really nice day, a couple pressures, a sack, forced an interception, um, and then Jair Alexander was just completely locked down. It was it was another very impressive defensive performance. At what point does, does that start to become a concern for the offense and not a celebration for the defense? I think right now, at least for me personally, I'm still sort of riding the high of, all right, it's been a lot of years that I've been covering and or just watching the Packers, and we finally get to talk about how good a defense is instead of trying to see if a defense is at least good enough to not cost Green Bay something. But at what point do you worry about the offense not moving the ball? I know Aaron Rodgers said a couple days ago that, you know, at this point in camp, it makes sense for the defense to be a little bit ahead. Yeah, and to be fair, Rodgers even sort of predicted it before the start of training camp, thinking that it probably was going to be something that gave the offense some troubles, and, and he certainly was right. Like I said, they won the first day of camp. I think pretty much every day since then has probably been you know awarded to the defense. Um, but I, I think the concern that I would say, and, and everything's still early, right? So there's a, a lot of time left before we get to you know praising the defense too much or coming too hard down on the offense. But I think the offensive line would be the level of concern, and there could be easy answers to that, right? If Bakhtiari comes back and helps solidify that line and Elton Jenkins is back sooner rather than later all of a sudden you probably build a pretty darn strong offensive line and the answers to those questions become much easier and you probably have you know from left to right Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers a variety of guys who could fit in at right guard and then probably Elton Jenkins at right tackle and everything's all well in the world uh, but I think if, if Bakhtiari is delayed or worse and, and Jenkins maybe takes a little bit longer I think those first you know games until they solidify the offensive line a little bit more 
uh, could have some major concerns on offense. So I'd say that's where my concern level is right now, but a lot of that's going to be dependent upon injuries and when they can get some of those guys back. I saw Bakhtiari was out with the, the rehab group today outside, right? Yeah, for a little bit, and it's been, it's interesting because the two days that he's been outside, I wouldn't say that he's like directly with the rehab group where you see some of those guys like kind of working together. Um, he's he's just a little bit off to the side of that and kind of doing his own thing. So, okay. um, you know, but he was at least out there and doing work for I think only the second time we've seen in practice so far. So anything from Bakhtiari is a good thing at this point. Okay, yeah, definitely at this point, it's a it's a waiting game that I think a lot of fans are ready to be done with and have the the best left tackle and football back out there on the field. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, I think I, I think contractually and legally we have to talk about him anytime we talk <laughs> about Packers training camp at this point. Uh, did, did he do it again today? Did he have another moment that everyone is talking about? And, and how, how much can you take away from what a guy is doing for the first two weeks of camp versus what you expect when, you know, full pads, full contact, full press coverage, and, and full playbook? Yeah, I think you sort of just hedge your bets a little bit and just sort of understand that this is just still camp. And if there is a position where I think you can get a little bit of fool's gold come training camp and preseason can be wide receiver from time to time, that's not to knock Romeo Dobbs. I think he's going to be a very good wide receiver. But until you see, I, I mentioned this the, the other day on uh, on the podcast, I basically said, like, beware of, you know, the, the Tajay Sharp, right? Like Tajay Sharp for sure. the Titans came out as a fifth round draft pick and was the buzz of training camp, caught everything, you know, coming his way tore up preseason and then the regular season came and he had a nice rookie year. He caught like 45 balls and a couple touchdowns, uh, but didn't exactly set the world on fire. And that ended up being the best season of his career. He's still hanging around, but ended up with like 20 some catches last year, I think for the bears. So like you can have these stories where guys like tear up training camp and preseason, and then all of a sudden, you know, the game started and it's not quite the same. I don't think that's going to happen for him. I think he's a very good football player, uh, but I would still say, like, let's just wait and see a little bit before we get too overzealous. I think today was a great example of that. I think today was probably one of his first come down to earth moments. Uh, he had a, like the, the good news is he had a one on one versus Jair Alexander. And he was the first person, I think, all training camp long. Uh, the first one, Jair shot him down. The second time, he actually got a beat on Jair. That was the first time I think I saw anyone beat Jair in a one-on-one or in any situation, all training camp long. Jair's been completely locked down. Dobbs gets a step on him, beats him deep, has a perfect ball his way, and unfortunately he drops it. And drops have been a little bit of an issue that's probably number, I want to say, four or five now uh, for Dobbs over the course of the last you know, week and a half of practice. So those have shown up from time to time. And then later in the two-minute drill with the number ones on offense, uh, Dobbs is out to the right side, and they just completed a pass up the middle, and they were going up to spike the ball. And if, you know, I'm sure a lot of Packer fans will remember this, but every once in a while in the spike plays, what Rodgers likes to do if the corner is playing off is throw a quick out route to the wide receiver and take five yards and get out of bounds rather than just burning it down. And that's what he was trying to do to Romeo Dobbs, but Dobbs didn't catch up or pick up on it on the play. He pointed to himself after the play. Rodgers points to the sidelines, basically saying, get out of here. And then Winfrey comes in and Dobbs is back in a couple plays later. But I think this is a great example of just one of those learning days for Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. And there's going to be some of those. and There's going to be some of those growing pains as you go through any NFL season and certainly going through an NFL season uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I want to get to special teams, but you know, you, you said Tajay Sharp and I immediately go to fantasy football because there are some not great memories of people overdrafting him. And by people, I mean myself. Uh, do you have a bead on, on Packers receivers? What do you think is going to be happening? You're, you're in a fantasy draft that starts tomorrow. Who's your number one Packers receiver for this season? Yeah, I would probably still go with Alan Lazard. I think he's going to be the number one target and the player that Aaron Rodgers 
Let's do the most. I think one of the, the reasons that I'd really hedge my bets that way is because, yes, you know, we know Aaron Rodgers, right? Super detail oriented. He's going to want receivers that are very precise, that are going to know the checks, the hot routes, everything that he needs to do at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's like, like literally one of the true superpowers in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers' ability at the line of scrimmage. If you have a lot of guys out there that don't know some of the checks and the audibles or aren't as precise with that as Rodgers would like, that sort of takes a lot of that away. It takes all 11 guys on offense to be able to do that. And I think he's really probably going to lean on guys like Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb a little bit more to begin with and tell guys like Dobbs and maybe Watson and, uh, and Amari Rogers eventually, um, you know, sort of catch up to some of that stuff. So I think Romeo Dobbs is definitely going to have a role in this offense. I think Christian Watson will. I think Amari Rogers will. I think this is going to be a wide receiver group by committee. But when push comes to shove, third and longs, two-minute drills, I think you're going to see him, uh, you know, target in on Alan Lazard a little bit more. Same thing in the red zone. And, and that's why I would probably hedge and say that that would be my pick first for the weapons on offense. Okay. And obviously some of those younger receivers will – probably have to get their their first work in on special teams. That's been a topic of conversation in Green Bay for as long as I've been here, and I think a lot longer than that as well. Um, what are your impressions of the new regime under uh, Rich Passaccia? I know it wasn't exactly a pretty day at family night. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a pretty day on family night or today. I like Here's the first thing I'll say. If, if there's failures or issues this year, uh, I don't think this is going to be due to coaching or lack of coaching or uh, attention to detail. These coaches have been incredible with how they've brought intensity to the special teams practices with their attention to detail in special teams practices. It is a night and day difference in seeing how these guys are working and how they're coaching everyone up after every single play. It's been really impressive to watch. So uh, what that amounts to, I mean, we've seen enough Packers special teams over the years to be wary of any you know significant improvements, but uh, I've been really impressed with what the coaching staff has done so far and how they're coaching these guys up now like I said there's still hiccups along the way uh, there were some breakdowns in punt block or uh, punt um, protection today I thought Razul Douglas probably had an opportunity to block a punt even though he sort of held up uh, Pat O'Donnell you know hit it off the side of his foot because he was pressured on the play um, so that was an issue uh, you know not that uh, Ishmael Hyman's going to be returning punts in real games but he had a couple muff punts today um, it's just been those sort of issues that have sort of reared their ugly head from time to time. I don't, you know, with Mason Crosby out, Burkich has not been impressive as a kicker. Long snapper remains a serious concern. Uh, there continue to be inaccurate long snaps. So not exactly the most fun, sexy thing to talk about in the world, but definitely still some things that need to get cleaned up from a special team standpoint. No, and it's not the most fun topic, but it's also a topic that I think they certainly proved last year needs to be talked about. I mean, the the I don't want to brush over long snapper, and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, um, <laughs> but uh is there anything that can be done there other than constantly coaching and, and trying to bring in new guys if that ends up being a problem? Yeah, I think the big thing, I mean, if they get Crosby back, that should certainly help the field goal kicking and, and the, the kicking game in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think long snapper is probably the one spot where they have to sort of figure out, all right, is one of those guys on the roster? Speaking of which, Stephen Wordle after a play went down and hobbled off the field today, so that'll be an injury to sort of keep an eye on as well. I think Jack Coco is ahead of him anyway if they do keep one of the two you know, long snappers, but um, either way, like I think this is going to be something that Brian Gutekinds is going to have to make decisions on when he's making 53-man roster 
cutdowns when other teams release players and seeing if he can claim guys. It wouldn't shock me if their long snapper for the season wasn't on the roster, but that is a level of concern too, right? Because if you get into week one and like, let's just say Mason Crosby is just finally making his way back and now you've got a new long snapper. We had, you know, Crosby hasn't exactly had a ton of time to work with Pat O'Donnell as a holder. Like all that timing takes literal time and uh, they're going to have to sort of figure that out on the fly if they make some last minute changes. All right, this is uh, Andy Herman, owner of Pack-A-Day Podcast, writer and editor for Packers Report. Find him on Twitter, at Andy Herman NFL. Uh, before I let you go, uh, preseason game coming up on Friday. I know Coach LaFleur just announced that, you know, as expected, Jordan Love will be starting. What are you expecting to see from Jordan Love on Friday, and what are you hoping to see from him on Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think the hope is that we see a significant step from him in the right direction. Um, uh, you know, I think what I expect to see uh, is sort of the same stuff I've seen out of him so far in training camp. I think we're still going to see the inconsistencies, a player that hasn't played a ton of snaps in the NFL, whether it be in preseason or regular season. But I think you're going to see uh, at least some version of an improved Jordan Love from what we've seen in the past. I do like his footwork. I think he's more in rhythm. I think he's getting to the top of his drop better. I think he's reading the field a little bit better. But I think there's still going to be some hiccups and some learning curves along the way. So I think if we're expecting Love to come out and just have like, you know, 250 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, something like that, I think that's probably a bit wishful thinking. But I think there is a real legitimate chance that we can see some improvement out of him. How big that is, I think, remains to be seen. I think that's what's going to be sort of fun to watch through these next three preseason games. And he'll obviously be under a microscope for those three preseason games. What else are you uh, looking forward to in the games themselves? What, what will you have your eyes on? Yeah, they're definitely going to be watching the offensive line first and foremost. I think that's still the biggest concern. And, uh, you know, how some of these guys respond, Zach Tom, Royce Newman, you know, Josh Myers, can he continue to show improvement? Um, and then even some of the other guys, like your Cole Van Landens, your Yash Nijmans, like those are the guys that I really want to see and take steps. And, you know, if they can show even in a preseason game where it's probably going to be pretty vanilla uh, that they hold up pretty well, I think that's going to at least give Green Bay a little bit more confidence. If all of a sudden, you know, it's just vanilla, you know, four guys coming at them and they can't block it up. I think there's going to be a level, an even greater level of concern there. So that's definitely going to be, besides Jordan Love, what I have my, you know, my one AIs on this week. All right. Definitely something to look for on Friday. Andy Herman of uh, Pack a Day Podcast and Packers Report. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You too. That's Andy Herman again, owner of Pack a Day Podcast, writer, editor for Packers Report. Find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan, has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.